morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. Uh, you guys know me already, I'm sure. We're going to be joined shortly by Steve, the other half of this podcast. Uh, Steve's coming all the way from Australia again. We're doing this via Zoom. Uh, Zoom has been pretty good to me lately, uh, except for the last owner stories, which will come up next Tuesday. Uh, it was a bit rough, but I managed to fix it up and I think the sound is okay. So welcome back to the podcast. I'm not going to talk for too long in the beginning of this today. I've got Steve waiting. Uh, I'm a little bit late getting myself organized this morning. So I'm going to uh, start up the Zoom, going to get Steve on the line and we're going to talk about uh, Porsche. Okay. Welcome back everyone. Um, where are we? We're Porsche cooled. Here's Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. There you go. Good. How are you? Okay. Good, good. COVID update? COVID no update. COVID all clear. No mystery. I've had no um, unknown mystery callers to my apartment wanting to test me with long sticks. Uh, mm, and no everything's COVID sticks. free. Except it was a bit distressing. I went into the office um, yeah, a couple of days ago. I was just telling you I went in. I didn't tell you the other part mm. of it. And like... Some of the people in higher positions are not wearing masks. I find that very distressing that they weren't wearing masks. Yeah. Um, it kind of bothered right. me. But um, that's another story. Um, where am I, Steve? Okay. Uh, so I did I a know. YouTube video. Did you watch it? I did. You driving around in a Merc? It's yeah, newer I'm, than I thought I'm that a bit it would of be. An, I'm a bit of an idiot, I know. But I just wanted to do a video because I hadn't done one in a long time. And someone said to me, oh, I really enjoyed your, used to enjoy your driving videos. So I thought I'll do a driving video in a 911. But it was very <laughs> funny when I went downstairs because that guy that owns that white 911 Turbo, because of COVID, yeah. he hasn't been here for a long time. Like I thought he'd moved out. And then I just walked right. downstairs and there it is. You know what I mean? Tempting me. Tempting just me. It's a nice, it's, it's pretty nice, the Turbo, you know. It's so fat. It's a lot fatter than I yeah. thought it was. Like I was standing next yeah, to it. Even Tasha said, it's really beautiful. Very squat, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Go and make friends with him. Get him to yeah. um, donate it for a bit of a test drive. I tried to talk to him one day, like I was going to talk to him, but he sort of <laughs> turned away. So I thought, mm, mm. you know what I mean? But um, I, you were some I think show. I know. I, I think I know who he is actually, because I think he was in the gym when I went up there the other day, and I, I realised I hadn't seen him in a while, and I think it's him. But uh, right. I'm glad it was there for my video anyway. So I did a silly driving video. But you know, some people say they want to see Bahrain, and some people want to see me driving. So I thought I'd just do it. But mm, that was it. Cool. So I had a bit of busy weekend. I did that video on Saturday afternoon. I came back. I then I had an hour's gap, and then I recorded the, the Porsche Gould owner stories, the one that just came up yesterday with Ajma. Yep. And yep. then uh, on Sun, then I edited the video. Then on Sunday, I did another podcast <laughs> with Justin from Australia. So it was like all weekend I was, uh, Tasha didn't really see me because I was just basically head down editing or recording or doing stuff. So, yeah, or sleeping. Busy, mate. Or sleeping. It's a lot of work. Tons of work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a bit of work, but it's fun. It's fun. Um, <laughs> sorry about my voice. I'm a bit croaky this morning. I think I've come down with something, but hopefully it'll go away. But I don't know about you, Steve. There is something that I like, and, and you know I've not... I don't know. I don't feel like I'm in the creative field, but I guess in some ways we are. But yeah, I've never are. been in yeah, the creative field and I kind of cross over a bit with, you know, the exhibition design or whatever. But the, I don't know about yep, you, but yep. there's something about finish, beginning and starting some, beginning something and ending something and creating something in the middle. You know what I mean? And I, I yeah. think this is what yeah. I like about YouTube and the podcast is that we have the idea, you record it, you know, 
it's a good conversation. Then you edit it and you hear it again. And it's hard editing because you've got to listen to yourself. You know, you've got to go through the whole podcast and record it. But then you put it up and you publish sure. it. And it's something really satisfying about making something and completing it and, and it's done. And I'm sure you felt that way in, in your advertising career, right? Well, it's exactly that. Um, the thing that you kind of notice, like I, I started in advertising when I was 19, so I've, I've not known anything else. But, you know, like um, when you look at other people that kind of work in finance or whatever else, um, you can tell that one of the things about it's creating, like you have you have a finished product, so you've actually got something to kind of show for it. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a mechanic or a carpenter or something where you've got something like truly kind of physical. That would be super satisfying. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it is cool. No, it's, it's a really it's cool. it's a it's a really good it's it's a really good feeling. It's a really good feeling. It's funny, you know, because you know this this I guess is like radio. What we do, I mean, it is online radio, right? I know Spike first That's and it, Matt right? Farrow. They always say it's radio. <laughs> The funny thing is, though, you know, when I was when I was in high school and we had to do work experience, hmm. I actually did work experience uh, two times at a radio station on the Central Coast, at the radio station right. on the Central Coast. Why? Um, because Why that's what I because that's what I wanted to do. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually what I wanted to do. I never did it full because circle, I was mate. I was you know I was uh, listened to opinion and what people were saying to me, and I never sort of went forward with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I actually did do <laughs> work experience at, at a radio station. I was telling Tasha that. She thought it was very funny. Yeah. It's interesting. I think radio, like like proper radio, not just podcasts, I believe that it's had a rebirth during COVID, obviously, because people um, have more sort of time. I think podcasts Which is interesting have from an advertising though. perspective because radio, radio was um, like TV, like a dying kind of medium. Exactly. But, um, I think it's had a rebirth. So, but don't you think, Steve, that podcasts have actually helped mm. radio? I think podcasts have yeah, helped absolutely. radio absolutely. because, yeah, because yeah. it's given that thing where where it's almost cool again. Like you said, it was like a bit on the out, and podcasts, you know, and that's what I mean. Let's podcasts are like radio, so yeah, podcasts yeah. have actually helped radio. You know what I mean? It's actually helped yeah. radio. I think in that radio has to become better because now they've got more competition as well. Yeah. Interesting. Did you did you watch the latest smoking tire? It's the the I think they go the other way. I think the YouTube video goes up before the podcast. Um, so Matt Farrow um, got um, Christian J Handin, the guy that I spoke about prior. Have you seen yes. that yet? I haven't watched it yet. No, no, not yet. Oh, okay. Um, you, sorry, you won't understand what I was about to say because Christian J Hand is a ex muso um, producer, and he talks about radio and. Um, how it's a dying art from his perspective as a musician. So just oh, right. remind me of that. Just watch that and we'll talk about okay. it again. Yeah, we'll talk about it next yeah. week. No, I'm, I'm caught up on all the spikes because I was behind because I didn't actually listen to any in London because I wanted to save them. So mm. when I came back here, I had enough to do when I go for a run and go to the gym because that's when I listen to them all. Um, mm. So I've finished Spike now and I'm catching up on um, Mr. Farrah's ones. Uh, so yeah. that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so it's that feedback, you know, it's that instant gra- that gratification of completing something. And like I said, when, uh, when I'm talking about feedback as well, I just want to say to, to the listeners out there that it would be really, really good if you can go to Apple. Uh, I know Apple's annoying. I just watched Apple's streaming thing last night. I don't know why I sat through the whole thing when I could have read it in five minutes. Oh, did you? But I sat through, <laughs> yeah, I sat through it on Apple Plus. I watched it. I and skimmed I don't, through it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm... I've been a big Apple fan for a long time, as you know, and so have you, Steve, but I'm finding their, hmm. their launches 
becoming too over-rehearsed. They feel over-rehearsed now, you know? I know when well, Steve Jobs... That one- because that one was filmed, so like that, they obviously, as opposed to that being live, like God knows how many times um, they kind of did it. And did you watch it? Then they've kind of done special effects. Oh, I looked through some of it. I, I skimmed it because I just wanted to kind of see what um, what features the new phone would have. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched it, but like I said, I should have just gone to Mac Rumors and just read about it. Uh, did you see the furniture they had in the in the set? They had our bookcase yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. there. They had all the most expensive. Well, they had expensive furniture. That's all I say. Yes. Um, so my week, I like to update on my week. So no COVID stories this week, because I know people are probably sick of them. But I've been a little bit immersed in 912. Uh, and that's probably because of um, speaking to Ajmal, who's the latest, um, latest Porsche owner on Porsche School Stories. But I've been a little bit immersed in it. I'm still obsessed with that sand beige one in, in Melbourne, Steve. Um, mm. I haven't recontacted the guy, the one that's 92,000, but it's 92,500 Australian dollars, but it's 89,000 on Gumtree. Yep. If it was 85... I keep trying to work out the cost, you know, of shipping and customs and duty and stuff. And even though that is yep. eighty, ninety thousand, it's still when when it all balances out, it's it's a quite a good buy because it's got a new fuel tank. It's quite yep. rust free because I've got a lot of other images that he sent me through car sales. I actually asked for it back in June, so it's actually quite a so good this, one. Is it an Australian delivered car originally? No, 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 U.S. New York, New York okay. delivered car. Yep. Left-hand drive. Most nine, I don't think there was many 912s that were delivered to Australia. I think it was pretty rare. Oh, okay. I, think, I think it was mainly, they're mainly um, left-hand drives. Right. But there was an orange one that's been on uh, classic cars in the UK for quite some time. Um, mm. I contacted that guy as well. Uh, hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast. But I was actually interested in it, but he sent me some images <laughs> last night. And it's very, it's a lot of rust. He says it's surface right. rust, but I look at it and there's rust underneath the door. It's got like holes underneath the where the door closes, the underneath undercarriage bit, that mm-hmm. rough bit, there's all holes there. Mm-hmm. There's all rust mm-hmm. around the windscreen. I don't know how bad it is or what it needs to fix up, but I did contact um, your friend who's helped you with your inserts in that Gary at Classic FX. Oh, Gary. Um, yeah, Gary, yeah. Awesome. So hello, Gary, if you're listening. I know he does listen to the podcast. Um, and I contacted him on Saturday night, uh, and he was really, really helpful, actually. He answered straight away because I was trying to get an idea of how much it would cost to fix up the interior because the interior is rough. Mm-hmm. At that time, Mm -hmm. I thought the body was okay, Steve. And mechanically, Mm -hmm. this guy's done a lot of work on the car, Uh, the guy that owns the orange one in the UK. It's 39,000 pounds, 38,990 now, I think. I think he's taken 1,000 pounds off. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's done a lot of mechanical work. Most of it was done by Porsche specialists, which he told me, which I asked him. He didn't say which one. But anyway, the, it looked like it was just the interior that needed work, but it looks now like the body needs a lot of work. And I just got a rough idea from Gary how much it would cost, you know, ballpark. I won't say it on the podcast. I'll tell you separately. Um, yeah, but it was quite yeah. reasonable. Gary's really helpful. And then Gary told me about 912 Revival, which is the 912 specialist in the UK. And he yeah. was going to contact the owner of 912 Revival to see if he, owned the, if he knew who owned the car or knew anything about the yeah. car's history. He hasn't gone back to me about that. I'm not going to hassle him, but he did actually um, said he was going to check for me. Um, but this is all spurned on basically because after I spoke to Ajmal and his 912, which I'm going to get into, um, mm-hmm. it got me excited and thought I'd, I'd take too long to make a decision. Um, speaking to <laughs> Ajmal, flat cap driver, he, yeah. he's just quick. You know what I mean? I like how yeah. he did it quick. Yeah. Like, you know, and it kind of scares me at the same time, Steve, like for you yeah. and I, like he didn't, you know, no PPIs and stuff like that, you know, and yeah, just go ahead and buy the 996 and then the 912. But I'll talk about that in a second. Um, So, yeah, I've been a bit sort of surrounded by 912s and looking about 912s. And then this morning, one came up on uh, Beverly Hills Car Club, 
which is a white one. Mm. White's not the best color in the 912, as you know. I think it's better mm. in a in a color like bright color mm-hmm. or even the beige. Mm-hmm. But a white one came up, and the, see the thing about Beverly Hills Car Club is they come up at the right price. Like this one is thirty sub forty k US. Um, mm-hmm. which means if it's landed with duty and everything, luxury car tax, which is minimal on that price, it's about 61000 And then, you know, you put another side, they say put aside 4000 for compliance. I don't think you need 4000 but if you need to get seatbelts changed over and things added. So yep. that's about sixty five. And then if you say, you know, do some work at Order House, maybe that's another ten just to keep it just for, you know, so it's good enough to drive. So maybe that's yep. 75 So 75 is still, you know... It's still getting up there once you start doing getting things done, but mm. I don't know. The sand beige one is still a better color. But anyway, um, Ajmal yeah. at flat cap drive, flat cap driver, uh, his uh, being so spontaneous sort of inspired me to to like look more seriously and and spend some money. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and then there was a book. I just want to mention this book for anyone that's interested in nine twelves. There's a book called The Complete Porsche Nine Twelve Guide, and I think people who go onto nine twelve. Um, registry the forum all the 912 experts and it's a great forum that forum if you if you're looking at a 912 um, they were talking about it and it was out of publication and it was done by a guy called Dwayne Spencer and Gordon Maltby Gordon Maltby I've heard of his name before I'm not sure where but I tried to buy it and then I couldn't buy it and then it, it said it was still in your cart so I emailed them but apparently they're only shipping to the US which is annoying because it was out of publication right. and he's literally made 200 copies that's it um, reprinted 200 copies for people oh, okay. that wanted it so it's a bit annoying, yep. so I can't get that. Um, what Can you else? Get it as an ebook? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, it said on the on the forum that they were going to send it to the UK. They were going to organise shipping for Europe and UK. But he he emailed me directly, Gordon, and said no, he's not doing he's not doing international shipping. So yeah. it's a little bit annoying. Um, hmm. But anyway, I reached out to Gary at Classic FX, and everyone knows Gary. Well, you know. And some other people do know that Gary at Classic of X does all the um, interior, you know, fixes up all the interiors on 911s and 912s and things like that. Uh, he's very good at yep. it. But he said 912 Revival was really good for the mechanical side of it. And then I watched uh, TGE on YouTube. I didn't realize I he actually... TGE use? Yeah, yeah, and I didn't realize them. he was the one that... That's who TGE, TGE TV used. He used for his green, Irish green 912. He used um, 912 Revival. So they do everything. He, they do. Um, hmm? I watched his video. Did he ever? Did he ever divulge how much money he had to kind of sink into that thing after he got it? Like I know he sort of said that he knew that it was he, in pretty rough condition when he got it because there was holes in the the floor and everything. Well, he told me how much he paid for it on Insta- right. on DM and Instagram. I actually asked him. Yeah. And he paid thirty nine thousand pounds for that car. Right now. I didn't actually say that that's to not, um, Ajmal. That's but not cheap, cheap, though, is it? No, it's not. And Ajmal paid 30 for his. And I think Ajmal got a really good buy. He said on, on further inspection, because he really didn't look at it that much, he went and looked at it and it was yeah. on the back of a truck, so he couldn't really look at it properly when he before yeah. he went on the bid on the auction. Um, yeah. But he said his has got a bit of putty and a bit of rust and, and it's with his um, mechanic now um, getting sort of looked over. But I think what he paid for 30 grand... His car looks pretty good. You know what I mean? I know it's not matching color or whatever. Is it matching numbers? It's not matching no, numbers. No, it's not. Why? Not. It's the same year engine right. that's supposed to be in it. It's the same year. Um, yep. The original color, I think, was actually, I think it was sand beige. I'm trying to re- remember in the podcast. I think he said it was sand beige, but now it's painted a like Oslo blue or blue color. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to do it. I think he wants to do it like slate gray. I think he said in the podcast he wants to do it slate gray and um, tan interior, which and put the roof rack on the top and stuff. Uh, and yeah. then I think he's going to drive it through Scotland, which I'm really was really inspired by because that's the idea of getting this 912 in the UK, which would cost me mm. with you know I don't even know how I could register it insurance. Nick reckons I can, but to keep it, mm. store it, and then take it through. If it's get it mechanically sound and you know get it mechanically like reliable yep. and a bit more power through 912 yep. revival and then drive it through Europe next summer because hopefully I won't be working then so I can just do whatever I want to do. <laughs> Living the life of leisure. Okay. I don't know, mate. That's a plan. I just think about these things. There you go. Anyway, I think the Portugal stories are good, Steve. I think I, I know you haven't listened to the latest one. You've been you've been busy. Yeah, sorry. Um, but busy. but I think it's it's good as in that. It it's just shows you how good the Porsche community is. You know what I mean? And mm. how you find everyone who is, you know, like-minded, but then diff- the story our stories differ slightly, but there's such a common thread yep. through all of them. And I think that's I yep. think that's what's really nice about it. Yeah, cool. So like I said, uh, I will let you talk in a second, Steve. Sorry. Portugal no, Stories. Um, so that was number three of the Portugal Stories, and that dropped yesterday on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, etc., um, it's a good one. So if you haven't listened to it already, take a listen because it's a really good story. Mm. Basically, Ajmal um, bought the cheapest 996 in the UK a year ago. He's been making videos about it. Uh, and then he did a video, I think, a couple of weeks ago where he was wanted to buy a 912. And then he went on some auction on a Friday night after a bottle of wine and bought this 912. Um, pretty much <laughs> sight unseen. His 996 though, Steve... And it's no secret because he says it in the podcast, but I'll give it away. He, he paid six and a half thousand pounds for it. Oh, what's that? That's like 20. 10, no, it's like 11,000 Australian dollars. Bloody, bloody hell. Yeah, I know. And it's and he's put in a few thousand pounds and it's he uses it daily. It works. It drives. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, right. But anyway, I want people to listen to the podcast, but it's it's a really good story. Yeah, and then I he, and, yet, and, so and then now he's got a nine twelve. He also owns a, an MG that he's owned for twenty two years. Hmm. Twenty two years he's got an MGB or I don't know if it's an MGB, but he's got an MG. And then I recorded another Porsche Cooled Stories podcast with Justin. Uh, Justin owns a nine nine six. He's from Sydney, Australia. Uh, that was a really yeah. another really interesting conversation. It was a longer conversation with Justin because we started talking about watches. Uh, and that's going to mm-hmm. be pu- that's going to come live. I'll uh, be published next Tuesday for the next Tuesday's episode. So what's that? The twenty twentieth of October. So that's coming up. Yeah, cool. um, and I know there's a lot of other people who have reached out uh, to do a episode uh, to talk about their Porsche. Some people mm-hmm. I've responded to. Some I haven't. Um, I will respond to you. It's just been a bit busy, and I'll organise a, a, re- a recording time for Zoom so we can um, we can get your story up as soon as possible. But there's some great stories out there, so I really appreciate everyone um, coming forward and. and being willing to do it because I know it's a bit daunting for people that haven't been on something like this. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit. It's not so easy. Yeah, it is, but um, it's also daunting for you because um, trying to figure out all the technical stuff and actually kind of um, uh, lead the conversation isn't easy as well. So it's cool. Tons of work there. It's fun though. Um, yeah. So where are we? Uh, Patreon. So this is a part where we uh, give the shout out to the new members of Patreon. Patreon, as you know, is where we uh, get people to support the podcast. You become a Porsche Cooled uh, member. Best to become a Porsche Cooled exclusive member, $5 US a month. Uh, And then we give you, um, Steve and I give you 24 hours early access to all the episodes. Uh, You get a shout out in the next episode and you'll get an invitation to upcoming live Q&As and things like that. The more members we get, we'll do more things. We have thought about merchandise. We haven't done it yet, but 
membership through Patreon will help us start planning that that sort of merchandise um, and just get something right. Uh, I don't want to do something that's bad. I just want to do something that's right. So Steve and I are sort of putting our heads together trying to think about what we can do for you guys, whether it be a free thing or just for members and then maybe a paid uh, paid merchandise sort of uh, theme. Also, the membership covers the cost of equipment. Uh, there's quite a bit of equipment we need to buy at the moment, so that'll go towards that as well. So thank you for supporting. And this week, Steve, I was going to say yes. to you, we don't have any new members. That's what I was going to say to you. I was going to be very depressed and say, no one wants to join us anymore. Everyone's sick of us. But mm-hmm. an hour ago, we had a new person join from Sydney. Oh, no, from Melbourne, sorry, from Melbourne. Um, so Stan has just joined. Cool. Go, Stan. Uh, and Stan joined, of course, Porsche Code Exclusive. Uh, and Stan has been listening to our podcast. He's been listening to it during the lockdown in Melbourne. Unfortunately, Melbourne and Australia had a big breakout and they've been they've went through a second wave and they've been locked down for some time. I think they're out of lockdown now, aren't they? Uh, there's talk about um, stuff happened in some rural areas. So their return from lockdown, possibly, I think, the latest headline was that it might be slowed a little bit, their recovery. Okay. So he said he's been really enjoying uh, listening to the, the podcast during lockdown and he took the plunge. He took the plunge, Steve, and he bought his very first 911. What Guess what he bought? He bought a 2009 Carrera 4S in May of this year. So in the start oh, of the okay. first lockdown. So he bought a 2009. So that's a 997.1, right? Be 997.1. Yes. Yep. So nice one, Stan. Good choice of cars. Uh, as you know, Nick, who did the Porsche Cooled Owner Stories, he owns uh, a very similar car to you. Uh, I don't know what color. You didn't tell me the color, but we'll find out that in the future. Mm. So thanks for joining Porsche Cooled. Steve, I'll leave it to you. Mm. What, what's been happening this week? Did you drive the GT3? Have you, did you get an, uh, I, an answer back about the um, shifter? I did not. Joel has been busy. He is a photographer, um, so... He apologised to me and said that he was on a massive shoot, um, shooting stills and film. So, just to kind of give him some time, which I have. Um, so refresh we... everyone. Refresh everyone. What you what you wanting to get now? <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to find out whether or not um, that if he can do the wooden kind of gear knob uh, in like one colour rather than the sort of banded. Um, the banded finish that I think everybody's sort of a lot more familiar with. Um, and I think it was smoke, smoked oak. Smoked oak, Which is yeah. the darker, a darker sort of finish. I've seen, um, I think I've seen in Singers that there's an ebony, an ebony, ebony wood, which looks really good. But oh, really? Um, I don't think that's something that he's mm. offering. I think I like and the And then also the, um, yeah, ebony looks pretty good. I, I hate, um, is it Wangi? Oh, uh, yeah. That sort of. I equate Wangi to IKEA furniture, so I know that that was an option, but I just don't like it. So um, yeah, just to refresh everyone that. too, um, Joel is the guy that makes the um, shifters, the wood shifters for Carbone, which is in Poland. He's actually the person that makes it for them. Yep, and um, also I, he also had just mentioned that um, he can actually supply the the shift rod, the bit underneath the kind of um, gear knob, in a matte black. He's got a couple of different finishes, but I was actually always wanting the matte black um, finish. Um, so I'm kind of curious about that as well. Just yeah, to it's very cool. I'm still thinking about it. I told you Tasha doesn't mm. like it, but I'm still, I'm still thinking about it. Um, She'll change her mind. Santa will come and look after you. Yeah. 
All I want for Christmas is to be back in Australia. That's what I want for Christmas. So I thought today, Steve, we'd just start off um, talking mm. about tyres for the 911. And I guess I'd kind of forgotten about this. And I knew, and I know when I was buying, when I bought my lobster claw wheels and I brought them back from the UK and I had to get tyres for them, I, I kind of went through this, this process, this dilemma, I guess you could call it, this process, and forgot about it. But I had a message from a very, very old YouTube video that I did that someone's asked me, am I still happy with my choice? Um, and I guess the answer to that is yes. Um, and I guess the dilemma is, is that this N-spec thing, um, you know, the N-spec tyres, and you and I had this conversation when I bought the tyres for my, for my 997, yeah. and I know you went in a slightly different direction, so I thought we'd just talk about it today. And most people know, and I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to sort of half paraphrase here, half read, but yeah. the N-spec tyres are basically designed to meet, you know, performance, durability standards that are set by Porsche. So Porsche, this is my, this is what I've read, Steve, tell me if I'm wrong here. But Porsche, in, in collaboration with like Michelin, Pirelli, Bridgestone, Continental, etc., yes. they develop a tyre that will perform correctly on the model that they are developing, that they are launching. Yep. Uh, and that means the tyre, the N-spec, as they call it, tyre, is designed for your Porsche. Yep. Now, when they... Uh, I mean, obviously, these testings that they do, obviously, they have certain tests that Porsche do... Uh, in development, um, road tests, racetrack tests, racetrack evaluations, etc., um, to make sure that the, 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 the tyre meets, you know, noise, hydroplaning, handling, high-speed durability requirements. Uh, and then if they, mm -hmm. after the completion of these tests, the tyres will then be released for production and they'll be branded as N-SPEC. I yep. don't know what N stands for, but they'll be branded as N-SPEC. Now, this is interesting when it comes to my situation, but the N-specification brandings are... Zero, one, N1, N2, N3, N4, N5, N6. And these markings on the tyre side... different generations of it? Different generations of it, exactly. And my tyres yeah, that I bought yeah. were N2, which we'll get onto in a second. Yeah. And that means they're approved by Porsche. If you've got an N-spec tyre, they're approved by Porsche for the vehicle. Yeah. Um, N0, obviously, is the first approved version of a tyre design. And then the tyre will be available. You know, it might come out in 2005, and then it'll be N1 or N2. When I bought my tyres in 2017, my Michelin Pilot Sport 2s, which are the tyres that are meant to go on my car, my 997 Carrera, um, they were up mm -hmm. to N2 specification. I'm not sure what they're up to now, if there's been any updates on them, but they're at N2. Do they still make them? They do still make them, yeah. And yep. the thing is, you know, they say that uh, they do make them, but when I did my when I got my tyres, it took a little bit to get them and I got them through, you know, spinning wheels or jacks or whatever it is in Waterloo. Yep. What is that? Is that Waterloo? Yes. Waterloo in Sydney. Oh, sorry, it was Waterloo, but they've moved to Marrickville now. Yeah, they moved to Marrickville, right. So I got them Waterloo and they had to order them in. I think they took a day to come in. Um, but at the time That's when right. I got my tyres, and you and I had this conversation, I remember, because at the time, the uh, Michelin Pilot 4S, is it? Uh, P yeah, 4S. Pilot Sport 4S came out. That was when the Pilot Sport 4S pretty much just was released at that period. Yep. Um, yep. And I think you were saying to me, oh, you should get those. Yep. And me being, I don't know, this OEM sort of obsessed kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. I thought about it and I read reviews on the Pilot, the Pilot Sport 4S 
um, and on Renlist and on the forums, people were having the same debate and it was about 50-50. Yeah. But for me, I wanted the N-Spec tyre. And when I bought them from, from Jack's or Spinning Wheels or whatever it called, was called in Sydney, mm. they were great. But I remember the price was pretty much this, the price of the Pilot Sport 2s, the N-Spec tyre, which was an N2, was almost the same price um, as the new Michelins. Um, so obviously the price of NSPEC tyres are, are still expensive. But yes, they still make them. Apparently they still make them. I don't know when they stop making them. They say yeah. you shouldn't mix NSPEC tyres either. So you shouldn't have, you know, if you've got to get two new tyres, you shouldn't leave your Pilot Sport 2s, which are N1 or N2 on the front, and then get four S's on the back. They say you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't mix the tyres. Um, mm. Do you believe, do you agree with that? Mm, negative. Huh? <laughs> I do not. You do not? Why is, because, tell me why. No. Well, because I just don't think, like, you're, I don't think, like, on an everyday sort of street drive that you're going to notice a difference. Like, it's because, uh, so in normal conditions, your rears are going to wear, like, twice as fast as your fronts. So you're going to wind up with a pair of mismatched sort of front-to-back tyres anyway. So for sure you shouldn't mix brands, but... Um, if you've kind of got like three-year-old kind of tires on the front, um, and then you've got brand new rears, but they're the same, they're the like call it PS2s, which are on your car, but you know, like one a brand new set, you're not gonna you're not gonna mess the handling of your car up by doing that. And if they're different N rated, if they're different N ratings, and it, it's gonna be fairly minimal. Like I, I don't know, like the bits. I know exactly what you're talking about. When you kind of read different forums, the sort of debate about whether an N spec is um, what, what is really the difference. I don't think you actually ever get a straight answer from anybody. Um, to be so, you don't honest. you don't agree with the fact where they say if you, if I've got PS2s on the front now, my rears are worn out, and then I go and get Pilot yep. Sport 4Ss. You think that's okay? Oh, uh, you're talking about different model of tire. Yeah. I'm talk, talk, well, because talking it's about not the same model across the board or four. Yeah, but see, it's not N-spec. This is what they're saying. You can't, you can't mix N-spec tyres, they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of saying, like, if you're kind of going, you've got NOs on the front, but then you've got N2s on the back, I don't reckon that's, like, the biggest deal in the world. If, if, if you're talking about you've got PS2s front and back. Yeah. If but... you're kind of going, you've got PS2s on the front, Mm. But then Pilot Sport 4S's on the back, yes. then that might be sort of arguably, possibly um, a no-no, but okay. you'd, have so to, you'd still have to be kind of driving fairly hard. Like I remember... So you agree with Porsche it? then? That's what Porsche say. <laughs> oh, is it? I thought you were sort of... No, because I thought you were sort of saying don't mix N-spec. Oh, I meant to say don't... That if you've got N-spec PS2s on the front and then you've got... Pilot Sport 4S on the back, which are not N-Spec. They're not N-Spec Pilot yeah, Sport Yeah, different, 4S. different. You're, you're slightly kind of mixing it, though, because, like, um, for example, like a PS2, you can, you back in the day, you could have bought that as a non-N-Spec, so that would fit Audis and Beamers and all that sort of stuff. It's just that they develop an N-Spec for a Porsche. Right, right. So, um, you know, like, essentially it's still the same tyre. Like, it's still the same pattern and all that type of thing. But I remember when I bought those tyres and you said, you know, do you really mm. want to get Pilot Sport 2s? They're such an old tyre. They're such old technology. Mm. Regardless if they're mm. N1, N2, N3, they're still old technology mm. and you'd be better off getting a 4S. Yep. 
So you still stand by that? Yeah, I do. I do because, um, like, this is sort of like an extreme um, example, but you think about, like, all that chatter about um, Carrera GTs, how, like, on the original kind of spec Michelin, that they sort of said, like, the handling was super sketchy and stuff like that. Um, Right. But whenever you kind of, like, look at YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff, when people drive them these days but they're on the latest tyres, they reckon that it's completely transformed. So I reckon, and look, uh, you know, neither of us are experts, so, you know, I guess we're just talking out loud as per usual, but um, I would just kind of go, if tyre technology sort of moves so quickly because it's kind of constantly being developed in terms of tread pattern and compound and all of that sort of thing, like, um, I would I would opt for the newer tyre. So, like, I... I what you're talking about in terms of NSpec, I'm actually in that sort of position, strangely, because I was because I've kind of got that second set of wheels, the um, Weiss Gold ones. I was sort of thinking about messing around and kind of putting an, an, a brand new set of tires on it, and I could actually swap my wheels back. Which I think is a forwards. great, which is a great idea. But tell me, your GT3, hmm. as per the factory yes. manual, what are the NSpec yes. tires that are supposed to be put on your GT3, your 997.1? Originally, it only came with um, Michelin cup cup ones. What what were cup ones? And um, P zero courses. So, can and you still I buy believe... those tires? You'll need to unlock your iPhone. Bro. Sorry, that's my phone. Um, Who's that I woman believe... in your room? Yeah, Siri. She's hot. <laughs> um, I believe. Sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. Could you please repeat what you said? I need to put something in her mouth. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. I'm not sure I understand either. <laughs> Particularly when you're in silent mode. <laughs> Siri is annoying. Siri is so annoying. Um, yeah, go on. So they still have the, those, those tyres are still available? I don't think so. See, like, I don't think that you can buy cup ones. Not that I ever looked into it. Um... I prefer Michelin's to Pirelli's. So, like, when I picked up the car, it actually had um, P0 courses on it. Um, but so in both examples, that's probably that's, – well, that's what came from the factory, what you could specify the car from the factory back right. in 2008. Eight. But I'd, I have a feeling that you, pro- you probably couldn't get either of those tyres anymore. So when I did put new tyres on it, I put Cup 2s on it. And they're N-rated, all that sort of stuff. So they've been brilliant. But um, just going back to that other kind of conversation. So they're N-rated, N-rated for what model of of GT3? What were they tested on? Do you know? Uh, no idea. What, what model of Porsche? Because that means they're tested on a Porsche. Been, yeah, it would have been a 99. I'm assuming it would be a 991. 991. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, so uh, I put a call in like a couple of, I was helping a friend actually. So just two to, to tangents on that was um, if I was to get a new set of tires, I am thinking um, Pilot Sport 4Ss. And up until very, very recently, I believe they weren't N-rated, but I kind of go, it really doesn't matter. Um, because I think the tire would be so good that I don't think the end rating would matter. But for your for a GT, I know these are your second set of wheels. These are for the white gold mm. ones. But you wouldn't get mm. the cups again. No, because um, you've heard me talk about it before. I think, particularly because I don't track the car. Um, I'm getting old, and I just don't 
push it that hard. Um, I would forgo some of the kind of performance, the the dry handling performance that I probably aren't. I'm not even reaching the kind of limits of the car anyway. Um, to feel more comfortable driving in the wet because I do sort of get a little bit more nervous about driving through standing water and because Sydney weather's kind of getting so sketchy as well when it rains it really rains hard here now so I tend not to take the car out in the rain right so I get I probably would do anyway I guess it's like a test then so you've got the Weiss Gold wheels which are perfect Mm. they don't need any more refurbishment they're perfect still right no so yeah, you yeah, get those, absolutely. you get 4Ss, which aren't, don't cost as much as a Cup 2s anyway. They're probably a little bit cheaper yep. at the moment because they've been around. Yep. 4Ss have been out for three years or so now. Um, yep. And then I guess you get to test it. Like you said, you can test it in the rain. And then you know if you just want to put your other wheels on 4Ss as well. So it gives you a bit of a, an insight, doesn't it? Yeah. The bits that I read too, um, like in the comparison between those two, is that a lot of people... Um, supposedly say that um, the the performance of a 4S is pretty, a, a, actually kind of pretty amazing. So um, they're really, really good on the street. So I'd be quite happy to kind of give it a go. And again, I guess, you know, you just think about like our kind of usage or my usage, because I'm not kind of absolutely kind of fanging around corners. Admittedly, I do actually think part of the sensation of like why my car feels for example, so different to yours, like when you're kind of cornering is because I think the tyres are that much grippier. Like I reckon you just kind of go through a corner like considerably quicker speed and um, it's probably a lot um, due to the tyres. So you could keep one set of tyres for your track tyres and one set of tyres for your street tyres. You could almost have if like that If I made it to the setup. track. Yeah. Yeah. You need to do that order. Um, just a, thing. We're going to do that. We're going to do a track thing somewhere. Uh, did you see that this week? Yeah, I yeah. Jeez, oh, it looks good. It looks I know, good. it looks like fun. You know what I want to do here, and I said it to Tasha the other day, it's not mm. super expensive. I'm going to go and do the go-karting at Bahrain Circuit. I'm going to go oh, and have a go. go-karting be awesome too. Yeah, so it's you fun. can do, t- you've got to do two 15-minute sections, sessions. It's still open. Mm. I think it's about, it's not super cheap. It's about, I think it's 30, 20 dinner or 30 dinner per session. So that's about 240, 220 Australian dollars for two 15-minute sessions, sessions. So it's not cheap, but I really want to do yeah. it. I just want to do it and just like if I enjoy it, I might do it regularly um, just to get like it's, track experience. So when you actually go on a track, which I hope to do one day, that you have a little bit hmm. more of a knowledge of, of the right lines and everything because they say it's the best thing to do to work out the lines, right, as what F1 drivers I'm, train in. I'm going to sound like a complete tool, but, you know, whatever. I'll just say it in public. Um <laughs> The last, the last time I went go-karting was a mate's um, 40th, this, and this was like, uh, he's now past 50, so quite a while ago. Um, so I was going to say go-karting is most fun when you kind of grab like, um, you know, 10 friends and you're kind of racing each other. So you know everybody yeah. else that you're racing against. Yeah. Um, I think back in that day, I was driving my 993. So we did the whole thing, you know, like your two kind of... Um, pre-races and then the sort of final race and the person that wins a final race, um, you know, wins the day kind of thing. And um, surprisingly, that was me. Um, Admittedly, I probably am, yeah. Admittedly, I'm probably lighter than the other guys. Um, But I actually reckon that it was from... Video games. At that point in time, no, (laughs) 9-11s. 9-11s, mate, Uh, despite my heritage. Um, Because it teaches you to break in a straight line before the corner and then to kind of, you know, like, and like particularly old 911s too, like the driving technique of kind of 
braking in a straight line into the corner and then accelerating out of the apex. I'm no race car driver, but I actually reckon it makes, it sort of teaches you that sort of funny discipline. Well, that's what you told me. Those were the things you told me when we went on the, the twisties for the first time. You said do it like that. And I hadn't really mm. thought about it before. You know what I mean? Driving other cars, mm. I hadn't really thought about it before. And then when I, you know, you have to remember to do it. When you're not used to doing it, you have to remember to do it. But when you start doing that, you realize that that's what the 911 likes. That's how it goes into a corner. That's mm. how it feels right. And you, when you start doing it, you realize, hey, this is good. It's not good if you brake too late and then you've actually, you know, <laughs> you're in a bit of trouble. Because then you're which, plowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which happens every now and again. But it actually does. It actually does work. So the other thing, I just want I to think- go back... Maybe mm. maybe that technique is less um, necessary, like in the newer cars. This is but, a manual, certainly, right? Manual driving, two thousand. Oh, I just sort of mean, like for example, I reckon you kind of get away with not being so disciplined when you drive, possibly like a nine nine two. Again, I've not driven one, but you know, driving a nine six four and even a nine nine three, and like anything older than that, that was the way that you're supposed to kind of drive it to get the yeah, best out I of think it. Yeah, I think it's right. I mean, driving a nine nine two, and I haven't driven one, so I'm only going by what people have said. I just think it's a little bit mm. like automatic pilot. I think it's like very easy to do, you know, yeah. go fast. It's very easy to go fast in a corner. It's very, you know, it's just, it's not as engaging, I don't think. I mean, I think they'd, they'd yeah. be great cars, but I don't think a 992 Carrera S is is as engaging as even a 997 Carrera S. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, just quickly on the tyre thing, just yep. one other really quick anecdote to add to that. So I was helping a friend. Um, that's the reason why I was kind of pondering tyres. Um, she drives a Merc A250 and, you know, she's the helpless um, female friend that needed a hand with kind of car stuff. So she buzzed me and asked me about it. But basically a Merc dealer, because... Um, this whole kind of end spec thing, um, it's across the board now with like Mercedes and Audis and stuff like that. You can buy um, tires that are su- supposedly specifically designed to kind of particular brands. Um, so I actually kind of call around for her car, which is just a shitty A250. shouldn't say that, but whatever. Um, and I was talking to the tire guys about it and it was a 60 or $70 per tire premium for the Mercedes rated, you know, continental it wasn't even like wasn't a great tire um so and i sort of said to the guys so can you tell me what you really think the difference is and you know they were obviously very cynical about it as well so i'm uh, look it might be kind of different with porsche because i believe that like this whole n rating thing um has been going for a very long time whereas i think it's a little bit more recent with Merck and Audi and stuff. But is the speed rating, is it the speed rating for Porsches that N-Spec have the proper speed rating or they're all the same? No, no, they're all the same. It's the load and the speed. I think if you kind of believe some of it, I think it's partly the load and um, the compound because like there's different sort of compounds for side, the sidewall and the main tread and all that sort of stuff. But so I don't, I don't disbelieve that the car, um, that the tires were actually kind of designed with the cars in mind, but like exactly how far different is the tire, like an N-rated tire versus a non-N-rated? I don't know. Like, would you? I, I believe that there's probably a difference, but um, for me personally, like with me putting a set of tires on my Weiss Gold wheels, the thing I think about the most is would I really notice it? And now that my car's out of warranty and all of that sort of stuff, like. Mm. Who's going to give a fuck? You Pretty should do it. No you should do it and, and stick your GoPro in and do a video about it. That'd be a good video. 
yeah. people would be interested in knowing yeah. the difference, you know, especially going from cups to forests. I think people would like that interest. I mean, my cups for, are pretty old though. Yeah. But but the four S's, Steve, even on you know for my car, mm. like I think it's about fifty fifty. I remember you know even now I think if you read people, some people still get PS twos. They want the N spec like yeah. me, and then other people get the four yeah. S. I mean, it's almost like they're yeah. the two tires for the nine nine seven point one point two that people are buying. Um, people don't seem to sway too far out from those, and every and like you said, everyone yeah. says the four S is an amazing, amazing tire. Yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe I need to change it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, if I so pretend I go shopping tomorrow for four um, S's, and um, there's an N rated version available, if it doesn't cost that much more, like yeah, I'll do it. But you know, like if it costs me significantly more, I probably wouldn't. I, I wouldn't kind of be too bothered by the fact. I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from it because it's non not N rated. The other thing the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and I don't know whether we've spoken about this before, is when I bought my nine nine seven, you know it had the yeah. tech art twenty inch wheels. The tires that yeah. were on that were still in reasonable. They've still got tread on them now. They're still sitting in my garage. I'm trying to sell them but I can't yeah. sell the wheel and the tire. But they got continentals, yeah. I think. Con- I think they're continental tires on them. Because yeah. of the size of that rim, I think it's limited to what tires you can buy. But those tires yeah. were 10 years old when I bought the car. They're actually year, they were 10 years old. So as you know, you're, not supposed, to, good, you're yeah. not supposed to keep tires over apparently six years old. You're supposed to like change them every six years. I mean, Porsche yep. says under no circumstances, tires older than six years yep. should be used because they start to get brittle, they start to crack. You know, So it kind of worries me when I bought my tires in 2017. <laughs> I reckon they've got like... I don't know, what have they got, 8,000 kilometers on them and they're already three years old. So I really need to do some really long drives in that car to get, <laughs> to get the use out of those cars before out of it. I yeah. have to switch over. It's like I want to do, you I will. was telling someone the other day, I really want to do, when we get back to Sydney, I want to get back to Sydney, I want to do some like overnight drives, some really long drives and get the kilometers up yeah, on the yeah. car. Um, you wear your rears a lot quicker though. Like we've talked about it before, but um, it, you might get through them in like 12,000 K if you kind of, quite um heavy footed so and yeah. we've only got to go out and do that like auto house private track day at um that Lydenham race way or whatever it's called um and you know you're probably halfway them but it i think like mad fun though it does look like fun it did look like fun i saw that video in the gt4 on instagram mm. with grant and mm. the other guy i don't know who the other guy was ah uh, that's um david um who does all their kind of social media stuff now oh okay Dave. um yeah but you know what? Tires are confusing, aren't they? When you first buy it, I think when you mm. buy a Porsche, they're confusing because you don't really know what to do. You hear about this end thing. People say yes, people say no. You know, then you've got the which tire do you get, you know. And then the offset, and then the size of the tire on the rear, you know, I think a lot of people put, uh, I can't remember the number, is it 320 on the back of mine? And then I asked Gary. Mm, uh, I wouldn't go that wide. Then I, yeah. or whatever it was, three, three hundred five, three hundred five. Sorry, three hundred five. Yep. And I think yep. it's supposed to be two ninety five. That's right. It's three hundred five, and it's supposed to be two ninety five. Um, but when yep. I asked Chris at XL Wheels, Chris said no. I would, I would stick with the two ninety five. He said you do three hundred five. The bulge is a bit, you know, a bit too much. He said the, the, the profile of the two nine five actually looks a lot better. I mean, that's the size that's supposed when to be on that 19-inch rim. And he, to him, that was yep. and that was enough for me. He's an expert, you know what I mean? So I just took it at that and I, I got 295s. But a lot of people on forums say 305. Reading, yeah, when you start reading the forums and you start to really get into the nitty-gritty, I think you start to kind of um, read that, you know, there's a difference between a 305 on a Pirelli versus a 305 on a Michelin. And, um, you know, like 
they're actually not identical as well anyway. So right. there's quite a bit of nuance and all that type of stuff. But right. um, again, I'd say, I'd argue for me in the way I drive my GT3, it wouldn't make one iota of difference. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that rusty French article you came across? That's the guy that we spoke um, about in a previous podcast. It's got that he sold yeah, all the sure. cars to a dealer in Melbourne, is it? You know more about the story. Lorbeck. So I, it was more, I don't know, I just came across this um, Porsche Australia um, kind of little media story thing. Um, I think it was probably was the um, Australian Grand Prix, which um, actually didn't go ahead because it got cancelled because of COVID. But um it um, just had a little article because Rusty French, who is that quite famous, well, not super famous, but um, he's a known sort of um, Porsche racer, um, uh, had a 935, like the one that Zwart drove up Pikes Peak. Um, so it was on display. Um, and oh, I right. didn't realise that he he said that he was one of two Aussies that kind of managed to land an order and he had to still kind of do the application and um, had to um, prove his kind of um, his loyalty to Porsche. But he's been and, a big um, Porsche collector for a long time, hasn't he? A long time. Yeah, 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 massive um, and raced them and stuff like that. So he still had to kind of jump through those hoops. Um, and it was because we were, I think we did talk about on podcast recently but um in melbourne there's a dealership called lorbeck i believe and they've got three and i think even now four so they've got a nine 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 sorry what is it a nine nine six point two um a nine nine seven point one gt3 rs yep and nine nine seven point two what am i missing gt3 right yep Oh yeah, that's right. Nine nine seven point two GT three, and now I just looked at it this evening, and now there's a nine nine one point two GT three RS. They're all in black. They're all super low Ks. Like the nine nine six has only got one hundred and twenty five K on it, as in one two five. The other ones are sort of between two and three thousand K. They're all listed at um, three hundred and eighty nine nine ninety. Aussie dollars, and they haven't sold. Yeah, and to give um, people a perspective, I mean, the GT3s, and you know, they're about a hundred thousand odd more than higher priced uh, versions, correct? Around about yeah. hundred odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The interesting yeah. thing so, about that, though, Steve, is is the fact that they haven't sold. That they're such pristine examples. They're so low mileage, but it just shows you the price is still the point. That people don't really want to spend that much. They don't. Well, it's a collector's car. I think if you're buying that, then you're kind of adding it to your collection. I don't know how many. There's probably a lot more collectors out there than we actually kind of realise. Um, but um, say, for example, if it's you, because, you know, like you've obviously kind of constantly got your eye out for a 997 GT3, maybe not an RS, so I don't know, maybe you do, but... Um, would you pay that that premium of like an extra hundred thousand k um, for such a low mileage car? Because as as soon as you kind of put it on the road, yeah, and it's four hundred though, right? It. Sorry, it's is it four hundred k for a nine nine seven point two GT three? He's got right. Hang on, is, quickly, is that what it is? I don't have it in front of me. Sorry, I've got it. Uh, three eighty nine nine ninety for the point one GT three RS. And it's got 6,519, yes. 389. So to put that into perspective for people, uh, that year model 
with higher kilometres that's been driven and used, which could possibly mm. be a better alternative, is somewhere around 220, 200 to 240, around about Australian dollars. So it's almost double. It you could almost that? say that people think the market, Steve always thinks the market value of a GT3 is around 200. Um, it's interesting because when I was talking to Justin on the on the, the Porsche Cool Stories that's coming through next week, he would like to get a GT3 mm. and he said ideally next under under 200. You know what I mean? So I think yep. that's the spot where most people think. So this car is literally double that price. This is an RS though, not a... Oh, that's the RS, RS, is it? A, okay, okay. I thought yeah, it was just the a black GT3. black with orange. Okay, sorry. Black with orange details. Um, but look, you know, um, the super expensive, they are, um, super valuable kind of thing, but you, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to be an everyday person. You're going to go and buy one and then start kind of putting, as soon as you put like another thousand or 2000 kilometers a year on it, like you're, um, kind of tipping your money in a trash can. Yeah. You're going to lose too much money. Experience. You're going to lose too much money. You're getting the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're just going to lock them away and not drive them and do like what he's done, you know, and just lock them away as a collector. I'm guessing Rusty French has a lot of cars. I'm guessing he's a big collector and he has other marks of cars and other cars yeah. he's collected. I think he has old Australian Fords as well that are worth a lot of money. I think Fords, I read somewhere. Fords, Fords. Yeah, the XR Fords, which people who don't come from Australia, they're like a Ford sedan, which was sort of like supercharged and they were everywhere, you know, years ago and, and they sell for like six, 700,000 Australian dollars now. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're crazy. crazy money. Yeah, they're crazy money. Possibly be synonymous to Bathurst, like um, the um, Bathurst 1000. Yeah, yeah, GTR XU1s. They used to be Tirana yeah. GTR XU1s and, and the Ford version. Um, I'm wondering though, you know, like he doesn't really – you'd think someone with that sort of racing heritage and, and love of cars that he would actually drive his cars more though. I find that a little bit odd that they're so <laughs> undriven. You know what I mean? Well, but I was just but the nine three. He's got a shitload of cars. Probably, yeah. Having enough time in the day. But the nine three five, Steve. Did you listen to the podcast, Matt Farah, where he's talking to the guy that did Pike's Peak, um, some tuner guy? Uh, Batim. Yeah, um, Batim. Yeah, 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 Batim. That yeah. guy. Um, yeah, yeah. And did you hear them talking about Zwart? How Zwart, Jeff Zwart, uh, was driving um, Ingham. That was Ingram, Ingram's collection. Uh, yeah. 935 and how they just yeah. don't understand and how they didn't understand how he wasn't scared to death because the car is like one irreplaceable there's so few in yeah. the US <laughs> it's worth how much yeah. I was trying to think about how much the guy in Australia Rusty French bought his 9354 if they're that much in the US like how yeah, much would well, that have cost it's the same car and his is in um, when you look at that thing I think it was in bare carbon as well um, it, like all of his cars are black because um, I think I didn't realise it, but Rusty French's sort of racing livery was that old sort of John Player black and gold. Oh, you know, right. Gold so he sticks with black. black. kind of bodywork. So that's why he's, all his cars are black. But this is the thing. The um, 935, you can't drive on the road. It's a track-only car. There is a, there is yeah. a guy on YouTube. I, I can't remember his name. If you do a search for 935, it comes up where he shows his delivery of his 935. Have you seen that one? Hmm. He's a no, collector. Um, a Lebanese guy, Arab guy in the US and he's got a huge collection of cars and he bought a 935 and he shows you what it all came with and how it looks like inside and yeah. how basically inside it's like a GT2. You know, it looks like a, yep. it looks almost looks like a normal production car. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it isn't because yeah. it's basically a body kit on a GT2, right? If you look at the back, you can see the, the lights and everything. It's sort actually of, yeah. sort of like a body yep. kit. But that's the yep. thing. You buy those cars and they're a track car and you're spending, you know, one and a half million US or 
three million Australian. Wouldn't you be scared to death to take that on the track? Territory. Like honestly, to but do it to track that car, don't you just want like an old GT3 that it doesn't matter if you smash it, you just repair it? I don't know. It's a bit. I think I if find you've got very... that much money, because then you listen to like um, stories about um, Seinfeld and his nine seventeen. You know, like you just basically kind of oh yeah, I'll just pop down to the track and get my nine seventeen out. Like <laughs> the nine seventeen was um, a great great story on Spike though. How he didn't. Yeah. How Seinfeld had to be talked into buying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How yeah. you know you need a race car. You need a race car. You know what I mean? But getting 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 out on the um, get, getting out on a track. You know, like in a multi multi million dollar sort of thing. I guess you just got to have either the money not to care, or um, probably a little bit more like Zwart, who's a sort of experienced kind of race kind of driver. Like he would have driven expensive stuff before, so. You just kind of go. Uh, they they said the same thing. Chris Harris, um, yeah, apparently yeah. is able to kind of put it out of his head what the value of the car is worth, and is still able to kind of just you know sort of thrash it on the on the track. I mean, Jeff Swart, unfor- you know, the Jeff Swart though, because he's done Pikes Peak for so long, from God knows what year, he's so familiar with it. I guess you know what I mean. But that was, yeah, you know, he, he wasn't paid. Off, <laughs> he wasn't paid to do that, right? He was just given that car, and you know, he take it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the yeah. trust that you have in giving someone your car that's worth that much money, <clears throat> you, you really have to trust the driver. And he is. Obviously, he is a good driver. He is a very good driver. Yeah. Yeah. So Seinfeld basically, you know, didn't know he wanted to race car. Spike talked him into it. But, you know, like it's interesting to having the owner's story, Stephen, you know, that so hmm. many – and we might t- we're going to talk about this on, a, on, a, on the next episode in, in depth. Um, but, you know, so many people they want – it seems it's a common thread where they want to – People do want a classic, whether it's a, a front engine 928, 944, or it's an air, you know, a 964, a 912, or a 70s 911, right? People, it seems yep, like yep. The, the four owner stories I've done, everyone wants a classic. And then the GT3 keeps coming up, you know what I mean? That, that the GT3, and especially the 997 or 996, yep. but the 997 more so comes up as being a car that people would say, well, if I could get another car, I might get a 997 GT3. And you were saying that your mate was originally uh, looking for some other 911 now. He's, he's been searching for a 911. Now he's starting to think about the, the, the 997 GT3. Yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't spoken to him in quite a while. Um, we used to we used to kind of do some freelance together. I'm an art director and um, he's a copywriter. Um, and back in the day... I'd had a 964, then I had my 993, um, then he was in a 964 for a while as well. Um, I believe he got rid of it because I think, you know, as you do, I think he got married, um, had his first kid and all that sort of stuff. But a couple of weeks ago, he reached out and sort of said, oh, hey, what do you know about, um, I think it was, specifically it was 996s. I think he was talking about 996C4S. Right. Um, and then he kind of just was tinkering around the edges on turbo and stuff like that. And I just sort of said to him, like, to be honest, um, never been in one, don't know many people that actually have that model of car. So, and I kind of know because he'd sort of, you know, driven a 964 back in the day that, um, he knew exactly kind of what he's doing in terms of, you know, um, you know, to go get a pre-purchase inspection from specific people and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then he reached out again this weekend. Like, oh, sorry, weekend just gone. 
um, and sort of said, uh, what do you know about 997 GT3s? And it's like, like um, that's obviously what I've got. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can kind of help you a little bit more with that. So just sort of said, oh, what happened? Like, um, you know, like you were sort of looking at 996s. And he said, yeah, he sort of also looked into 993 turbos and stuff like that. But he kind of realized that the asking price versus the condition for that was quite dear. Um, so he's now turned his attention to 997 GT3s, which seemed to be a little bit of a flavor. I know you're sort of... That's a big jump in price, though. From a 996 Carrera 4S at, say, 90 for a good one, and a yeah. Turbo, a good one, is about 160, 996 Turbo, which is crazy price. I guess it's closer to the 996 Turbo price. I guess if you're looking at a 996 yeah. Turbo, you're, you're thinking, oh, I should just go to a 997 GT3, because it is better value. So definitely better value. Yeah, but... Also, if he's talked about, like if he said, I think he mentioned that he was looking at 993 Turbo. Um, oh, okay. That'd be wow. up over 200. So I, I'm assuming that he's just sort of like about going 300, through the Three of 350, yeah. isn't it? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And he's, so he's familiar with kind of um, like he's had the whole air-cooled experience. So, yeah, he kind of said, uh, you know, um, he just asked a few questions about 997 GT3s, like my car in terms of club, club spilt club sport versus non-club sport um the classic thing of like what are the ownership and servicing costs like and i sort of said well i actually think it's you know between like your experience and mine in terms of servicing i actually think they're sort of relatively similar blah 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 so um he pointed me to a couple of ads on car sales right um, and we're gonna just go and which ones um there's a black one at that Porsche den, the one with the sort of oh, horrible yeah. red stripe on the red wheels. Yep. Yeah. And there's the white one with the red, um, the red wheels and the red decals that are a little bit RS-like. Yeah, that one scares um, me. In Sydney. You think well, that that's the one right? we're going to go and have a look at. Oh, are you? Um, oh, so you're going to have a look. So that's interesting. So, so next episode, you can tell us how, how it went and what you thought of the condition of these cars. Because that, that yeah, one with I'll, the red wheels is only priced at how much? 179. No, no, no. It's higher. It's over oh, it? 200. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was lower too, but it's not. It's 200. Has he changed over the 200. price? I swear it was under, t- under 200. I'm not sure. I can't remember. So I don't want to sort of um, say anything disparaging about that particular car. Is that club um, sport? Given that. Yeah, it is. You'd have to get rid of those wheels, though. They're hideous. Uh, it's just a different color. You just change. You just re- respray them. Yeah, you'd have to change um, them. It's it's got the sort of checkered, sort of like RS style um, decals um, down the side as well, like matching red and. I'd um, remove those as well. Red mirrors. Yeah, it's not not to my taste. It's but, got low um, kilometers, though, hasn't it? It turns me off the decals and the and the red mirrors and the red wheels. It turns me off, but I think it's got reasonably low kilometers. That car. 40, I think it's low 40s, I think it was. Yeah, it just looks like it's been raced. I don't know why you put that sort of detail on it, and to me it looks like it's been around a track too many times. That's what I think every time I see it, so I kind of just brush over it. Well, I'll, I'll be able to. Like, I know enough about it to kind of go and have a look at it and spot it, and I don't really know. My mate's obviously just, like, at the beginning of um, his journey. Like, he's pretty he's pretty cluey, so he knows what he's doing. He doesn't. He actually doesn't need me. It was just an excuse to kind of catch up. And, Where's that car at? Um, um, what's it called? Close uh, by. 
Yeah, it's in Mascot. I can't remember the name of the um, okay. dealership. Oh, no, that'd be good. I'd be interested um, to know what that one looks like, actually, because it's been up for sale for a while, so you should be able to get a bit of a, hopefully, a bit of a reduction on that if it's any good. Yeah, um, look, part of it, too, is that um, if my mate's never been in a 997 GT3 before, um, this is going to sound slightly weird, but um, I wouldn't... I wouldn't, I would sort of go, your first experience, if you're kind of really kind of looking at it, shouldn't be in my car because it's not close enough to kind of standard. It's not stock, yeah. Yeah, like because the exhaust is now, you know, so loud and the shifter and there's bits of interior that are sort of different, like um, it's not representative of like if you, you, you really got 200 kind of grand to spend, you're better off kind of going and looking at a standard car first. Yeah. Before yep. you kind of hop into my car. Yeah, good point. Drive that and then then drive yours and see the difference when you tweak it, when you want to make it your own. Yeah, I, exactly. Oh, that's good. Exactly. Well, that'll be a good update for next next week's episode. So you're going to do that over the weekend, are you? Yeah, just go and, go and have a bit of a look. Um, uh, interesting for me because um, you really don't see that many 997 GT3s out there. Like you see them like at Auto House kind of cars and coffees and Whenever I kind of go um, service either car and you sort of see one in the workshop, I always go and have a sticky beak, go and have a look at what the condition is like. But Justin, Justin, who's on the next uh, Porsche Gordona stories from Sydney, yeah. he said that Auto House had one or two and they sold them quite quickly recently. Yeah, yeah, the black one. Yeah, the, the sold, black one we talked about yeah, last. Yeah, it sold like very, very quickly. What was it priced at that? It was quite low, I think he said. It was reasonable. Like I think it was. It was I think it was more realistic. I don't. I think it was under two hundred. Yeah, I missed that one. I missed that one. You'll find because oh, it only lasted like a day or two. Right. I didn't even see it. Yeah, he was telling me about it. He was. He looked at it and he told me about it. One thing you'll find interesting though, Steve, is that um, Justin mm. on the next Porsche Gold Owner Stories next Tuesday. Yep. He actually reached out to me on YouTube. I completely forgot it, and he reached out to me about the Fister exhaust. And the cost of getting okay. it sent and, and how much it cost me and, you know, the, the core exchange and if I did or didn't do it. Yep. Um, based on that response that I gave him, he didn't actually go with the Fister. He found it because he thought he was going to was getting close to like 1700 Australian dollars. I forgot. Cool. I paid about 1400 yeah. for mine. I didn't realize plus fitting. And it was about 1700 yep. So he went with the car graphic exhaust. I'll send you oh, the episode. Where, exhaust. Car yeah. graphic exhaust for the 996 um, yep. Carrera, which is lighter. Uh, lighter weight, supposed yep. to give you more um, power. Um, he also did. He also did the plenum as well, IPD plenum as oh. well. Since he's picked it up, so it's yeah, quite okay. an interesting story. Yeah. It's it's more than meets the eye in in Justin's Porsche story. Um, so, but I was interested with it about it's the a car cabrio, graph- right? Huh? It's a cabrio, right? It's a cab- cabriolet, yeah. But I said to him yeah, when we're yeah, back yeah. when I'm back in Sydney, uh, I definitely like to meet up and. Um, hear it see what it sounds and i said you might be interested as well but just to hear the car yeah, graphic yeah, exhaust on a 996 you know he says it sounds amazing he said right. he loves it he says it's really really good and it only cost him 2000 with the roof down yeah and it only cost him 2000 odd fitted where did he source it from do you know uh, i don't know it's car graphic i guess he bought it straight from them maybe yeah i reached out to them when i was looking for um when I was looking for my car, you know, like how I was specifically looking for the bypass, but with one path that was silenced, um, I came across a car graphic option for it. Um, they're, they're not too expensive. Um, I uh, contacted them directly, so they could have supplied it, but um, the strangely, the exhaust that I was talking about was the wrong way around in terms of the switching. The yeah. Valve, but. But his, I think the way he weighed it up was good. He got the price of the Fister. It was about 1700 mm. He had to get it fitted. This was a... 
a proper exhaust, you know, not just a mod. It's lighter. Yeah. It apparently gives you more power. I don't know how much, not very much. Yep. Um, so yep. he went with that option. So I think, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, like the, you've got to weigh up these options. But, you know, Fist is not perfect for everyone. It was, it was fine for me. But um, it'd be interesting. I really want to hear this car graphic, though. I really want to hear what it sounds like. Yeah, there's a I think I think I sent it to you. There's a there's a used exhaust on eBay, I think for your car. Right. Probably would have fit his. Um, right. It's been sort of floating around on there for a while. They they kind of come up a lot and um often for GT3s as well. So it's definitely one of the good options. Yeah, but I think you'll enjoy that episode because he also fixed up his interior as well, which was a bit worn and whatever at a place in Ataman that does a lot of Porsches and stuff. Uh, I can't remember the name off the top oh, okay. of my head. Um, but he, he yep. also did some work there, which, you know, just to, to make the interior just that bit nicer. And he had his roof yeah, fixed cool. up as well. There's something wrong with the roof. But it's a good story. You should listen to it. I'll send it to yeah, you when I've finished editing, getting rid of all the, the gaps. <laughs> all right, mate. Cool. I, think we've, I think we've hit our time. I think we've been talking for at least an hour. My, my little counter here is telling me an hour and ten, but we did stop for a bit, so I, I reckon we're at an hour. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks, to, thanks Steve. No worries. Anything, have a good week again. Yep, you too. Anything you want to say to the listeners before we go? Follow you on social media? Um, if that's what you're leading with, then I will reply with nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Absolutely fuck all to see here. <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening to the Porsche Cool podcast. We'll talk again next week. Uh, like I said, don't don't forget uh, Porsche Cooled Owner Stories, which went up yesterday with Ajmal and he's 912 and 996. It's a really good one. And coming next Tuesday, Justin. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, mate. Bye for now. Oh.